It's happening now because we're at a turning point in history where we cannot wait a single more day on this issue. So the UN report says that we have 10 years to turn this whole crisis around, but we actually have 18 months in order to create the political situation where that is available. So in order for those rapid changes to happen, where it's not like we have 10 years to loiter, it's like within the span of 10 years, we will need to have changed everything. So within 18 months, we have to have the entire political system shifted, all the right people in power, everyone. So the strike has to happen now, like the the revolution has to happen now. Those are the words of Jamie Margolin, co-founder of Zero Hour one of the youth-led organizations mobilizing millions of young people worldwide for a climate strike on September 20th, 2019. The strike is three days before the United Nations Climate Summit in New York City. Young people and adults alike are breaking from their everyday routines, taking to the streets and demanding transformative climate action. Besides New York City, there are hundreds of strikes in communities throughout the United States from coast to coast and everywhere in between. Thousands more are planned throughout the world. In this special episode, we're giving you everything you need to know about this monumental moment in history. What's at stake? What are some of the demands? What's planned? And how you can get involved. Our theme of Season 2 of Think 1%, the coolest show on climate change, is Young People Will Win. And after hearing these young climate warriors, you'll know what we mean. We're joined by some of the core young organizers putting on the U.S. climate strike. Jamie Margolin, co-founder of Zero Hour, Sohela El-Dib, Global Outreach Director of Zero Hour, and Katie Eder, the Executive Director of the Future Coalition. We have now seen various ways in which youth are fighting hard in the movement. We are continuing to make our voices and concerns heard, and we won't stop until we have a clean and just transition. You are listening to Think 100%. The coolest show on climate change. And I am your host, Rev Yearwood, president and CEO of the Hip Hop Caucus. Let's go. You are tuned into Hip Hop Caucus's Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. Welcome again, y'all. Let's jump right into what's happening starting Friday, September 20th. This massive strike, the launch of an entire week of global climate action. So from Friday, the 20th through 27th of September, the whole world will be mobilizing for climate action. For the activists you will hear from, organizing is nothing new. Zero Hour has joined us before on Think 100%, but for our new listeners, Zero Hour is made up of teenagers from throughout the country. Zero Hour helped lay a lot of the groundwork for the young climate organizing here in the United States and recently held a youth climate summit in Miami. And last year, they held the youth climate march in 25 cities around the world, including in Washington, D.C., where thousands of young climate activists took over the National Mall. Future Coalition is a national network for youth leaders and youth-led organizations to cross-collaborate for an even stronger youth climate movement. With member organizations such as Chicago Fuerte, Our Climate Voices, Triangle People Power, and many, many more who are all giving youth a platform to raise their voices. Let's listen to Jamie from Zero Hour and Katie from Future Coalition tell us about the global climate strike on September 20th and who are the organizers behind this movement. 
both voices pushing for our future. Well, on September 20th, young people from all over the world are coming together and demanding that enough is enough, but we're not alone. We're going to be joined by our elders. It's going to be an intergenerational climate strike where people are striking from work, school, everything that is their business as usual to show how we must end and halt all business as usual on climate change because we cannot have business as usual on an unlivable planet. So we're really breaking the rules, stopping the world for a day or a week, and really bringing that new level of mobilization because this is zero hour to act on climate change. There's no more time left and the time is ticking. And so leading up to the UN Climate Summit, everyone is going to be mobilizing in all corners of the earth. So A, we're asking for just every city, state, and country to declare a climate emergency, a state of emergency, that the world starts treating this within a state of emergency. And then we're also asking for an immediate halt to all new fossil fuel infrastructure, because the first step to getting out of a hole is to stop digging. Calling for the defunding of like all fossil fuel infrastructure and no more investment in pipelines, no more investment for all colleges and institutions to divest so that industry cannot continue. And then transitioning all of that, you know, that money and those workers and everything into the renewable energy workforce. So having a just transition where no one is left behind, halting all deforestation of the Amazon rainforest and other big natural wonders that are contribute to the health of our planet, putting in like emissions regulations and just halting the cause of the problem and then creating solutions for it is really what we're demanding. But an end to business as usual is this, what I would say in a nutshell. We're working on this because it's important to put constant pressure on our institutions to take action on the climate crisis. And mobilization is a strategy that we have adopted as an organization as our main strategy. So it's very in line with values and what we do. It's a continuation of the work that we started with the Youth Climate March in 2018, which you were there for standing in the rain. We're just continuing that legacy and continuing that work because one march is not going to change us. It's constant mobilization, consistent action that is going to take us to the next level. Well, after that, it's it's an entire week of climate action because there's the next week is the UN Climate Summit where everyone's mobilizing around. So after that, just look up your local like community organization, especially if you're in the New York City area or on the DMV area. Just Google like for environmental areas, environmental orgs in your area because there's going to be continuing action and pressure leading up to the UN Summit. After the UN Summit, we're preparing for Earth Day 50, the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. I would say plug into the community organizations, plug into the, the national organizations and kind of join the planning for the next thing that is happening. Because we're just going to keep mobilizing and mobilizing and planning and mobilizing until something happens. Let's listen to Katie as she speaks about who is behind the planning of this historic moment in time. We have about 45 member okay. organizations. Um, and for specifically the climate strikes, one of the reasons we got involved was uh, we really wanted there to be unity of youth-led organizations around um, around the September strikes. And so we formed uh, kind of an extension of the, the future coalition, the Youth Climate Strike Coalition, which is the group that's helping to coordinate the strikes across the U.S. Leading up to the strike, there are open planning meetings that have been taking place every Wednesday, as well as a Climate New York Strike Editor Workshops. Talk about transparency. Taking it a step further, in a conversation with our co-host, Anthony Smith, your favorite archivist, Sohaila pointed out another very unique aim of the strike. She told Anthony that, of course, big cities like Miami, San Francisco, Seattle, will have strong participation on September 20th. However, this strike is aimed to get folks who have never participated in such action out and marching in the streets. This strike is pushing to make that first step out into the street and that first sign held up as accessible as possible. So the global climate strike is not just pushing to address the climate crisis, 
for pushing to make this movement as inclusive as possible. I just want to highlight something that Jimmy mentioned, and that was using mobilization as a strategy. As we have already seen, some of the most successful youth-led action has been through mobilization. There is the Sunrise Movement, which organized a 150-person sit-in at Nancy Pelosi's office to put pressure on prominent Democrats to publicly support the Green New Deal. Maximizing the use of social media and demonstrations to have conversations about the need to change the discourse on our future. There's Earth Uprising with their Global Youth Council that is mobilizing youth from around the world to participate in direct actions and working on proposals that are giving youth the voice to intervene on international policy and governance. We have Extension Rebellion Youth with local organizing groups from here in the United States and around the world, not just gathering young people in the streets, but having young people own the streets. And, of course, the indigenous young people who inspired and energized the peaceful movements at Standing Rock. I mean, in these past four years, the growth in youth-led movement building has been incredible. The newest IPCC report spoke on land, unsustainable land use, and climate change. The report notes that climate change is, quote, frequently noted as a risk multiplier, end quote, for both land degradation and poverty. It speaks to the fact that the poorest parts of the world, poverty, land degradation, and vulnerability to extreme events linked to climate change are all interlinked. And I will say it time and time again, communities of color are hit first and worse. This upcoming presidential election will also be an extremely important one. The principal policy themes among the candidates are ending fossil fuel exports, stopping federal leasing that has time and time again added to environmental degradation and implementing carbon taxing. Climate policy positions differ slightly among the candidates, but finally, having climate change at the forefront is exactly necessary. So we know all this movement building our youth are doing, but let's take a moment to learn about who we are listening to here and what ultimately inspired them to step up. I am constantly amazed by the aha moments of activists when they realize how interconnected these issues are and why they decided to take it upon themselves to rise up. For some, the journey to activism began as simply as covering climate and science class, whereas for some it was coming face-to-face with natural disasters like Superstorm Sandy. Let's listen to Katie and Sohaila's journey to climate activism. We will also learn about the motivations behind the starting of the Future Coalition and what true leadership in the kind of world we should be striving for would look like. I was originally born in Egypt and I lived there. Oh, um, so I was born and raised, yeah. Um, right. And I was born and raised in like a village where we like just thrived off of the Nile River right in front of us for drinking, just wow. um, props, everything. And basically like once I immigrated here and now visiting Egypt every once in a while, seeing like this Nile River that we thrived off just transition into like oh, just honestly it's just disgusting and just seeing like people who originally like lived and thrived now becoming sick and just looking for other sources of you know income or other sources of food is is heartbreaking as well as other factors originally when I came to America I lived in New Jersey but you own New Jersey you're from New Jersey Orange, yeah. oh wow yes. So yeah, Hurricane Sandy 2012, Mm -hmm. that like we were surprised out of all the states, New Jersey was hit really hard and we lost like practically our home to 
Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. And it was, it was insane. So that happened, you know, rebuilding that was so costly as well as like effects on school and education. Cause we were basically, we got our spring break taken away. We got two weeks of school taken away. So just seeing that before my eyes and then coming to Florida and just hit and hit by hurricanes, like four hurricanes within the past two years. And now going off to California, thinking about forest fires, earthquakes, it's like a threat that's been following me throughout my life. Like it's something that I'm not hopeful for. It's just something that I'm angry from. And like, I have a fear from that. I'm forced to act and forced Mm. action. We are so excited to be here today with Katie Eater, the executive director of Future Coalition. Future Coalition is one of the coalition partners of the Youth Global Climate Strike on September 20th. So excited about that. Tell us what the Youth Global Climate Strike is and what will be happening on September 20th. On September 20th, uh, young people and adults across the U.S. and the globe uh, will be striking from school and work uh, to call on world leaders to take action on climate change. Amazing. So excited. I cannot wait. Y'all ready? September 20th. (laughs) How did you get your start, Katie, and why are you a part of this movement? Uh, Yeah, so I am from Wisconsin. I uh, was born and raised there. Uh, Being from Wisconsin, it's a very isolated place, and so you're not necessarily exposed to big issues. When I was in sixth grade, I was in a class that we read An Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore. Mm. Um, And it was the first time that I understood a problem to be larger than just like a single school or a single community, and what a problem looked like in context of the entire world. And at the time, I was, you know, in sixth grade, and so I thought, you know, climate change seemed like such a big issue and that the only reason that people weren't doing anything about it was because they must not have known about it. Mm. And so for a really long time, that was sort of my passion of, of being able to you know, educate people about climate change. But I think at the time, the energy wasn't necessarily there. And so it was hard to you know, get people to listen and to get people to understand what this meant in the context of our lives mm. and the earth. Mm. It's been good because I've been able to sort of develop the skills necessary to now be able to play a part in this movement. Um, and the energy just over the last couple of years has been able to build to finally get us to the point where, you know, I think our, our world and our global society is ready for the social movement that's going to, to bring the solutions to save our world. I think that when the Parkland shooting happened, it served as a wake-up call for a lot of young people in the U.S. that really sent a message of the adults in our lives and the people who have positions in power in this country mm-hmm. are not necessarily looking out for our generation. Mm. And that our future isn't something that is leading their decision-making. Right. Their decision-making is coming from a place of power and, and money yep. uh, and not you know looking out for young people who are, are being affected by all of these issues. Mm. And so I think that when the Parkland shooting happened, it really sparked a lot of young people to take action. And I think the media covering that in the way that it did allowed people across the country to understand the power that young people have mm-hmm. and that, you know, young people aren't just, you know, oh, kids, they don't really know what they're talking about. But then when we're, when we're talking about, you know, issues like gun violence, like climate change, you know, is, issues that are disproportionately affecting young people, nope. um, that young people have the moral authority on those issues. And so, you know, when young people say we've had enough, you know, when young people say enough is enough, that means something coming mm-hmm. from, from that generation. And so I think when it happened with gun violence, it was it took a while for people to sort of understand like what what's happening because yeah. it was 
so different for you know young people as young as you know 12 and 13 to be able to Crazy,、um, right? doing this, and I think that it. It opened the door for young people globally to see, you know, oh, if they can do this, like we can too. Right. And the global climate strikes, you know, were sparked by the inspiration for them was the work that was being done with gun violence in the U.S. Right. And that, you know, young people in other countries saw that happening and said, you know, we can do that in our country too. Right. You know, with issues that are affecting us. So the Future Coalition is a network of youth-led organizations、mm-hmm. and youth organizers across the country, and we formed right after kind of the rise in youth. Organizing that was happening post March for Our Lives and、mm-hmm. post the gun violence movement, and we really just saw a need where you know there were all these amazing youth-led organizations all over the country, but nobody knew each other and nobody was talking to each other, and it was preventing us from collaborating and making、right. the biggest impact possible. And so we formed Future Coalition to really serve as a connective tissue between youth-led organizations and to provide resources that have traditionally only been available to adult organizing.、Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started with the gun violence space, and then when we We started forming the coalition. We realized there was a need for it in all issue areas,、mm-hmm. and that youth organizing, no matter what issue you're focused on, is,、right. has a lot of the same challenges and the same support needs.、Uh, and so we quickly branched out to、um, other issues. And, and climate organizing in the last couple months has really increased in, in what's happening across the country. And it's you know we've we found that you know now with the climate movement starting to really grow, we have a real opportunity to right from the beginning provide that. Connected tissue and provide that space for collaboration, so that young people, you know, in different communities all over the country, are are working together in coordination, even though they're focused on, you know, making their change in their local communities. So, how many? Organizations are a part of it. So we have about forty-five member、okay. organizations, and for specifically the climate strikes, one of the reasons we got involved was we really wanted there to be unity of youth-led organizations around、um, around the September strikes, and so we formed kind of an extension of the the Future Coalition, the Youth Climate Strike Coalition, which is the group that's helping to coordinate the strikes across the U.S. There's this concept of environmental melancholy, which basically is this idea that. There's the the thought of climate change and like climate destruction is so scary、mm-hmm. that it can be yeah I mean it can be absolutely paralyzing、yeah. to people climate depression climate、yeah. grief they're calling、I、it mean, all these new right sad terms、so、real. connected to、so、climate、real. yeah、um, and so I think that one of the things that's so important for for leadership. Now in climate, and I think what young people are able to do so well、mm-hmm. is say, you know, for the strikes as an example, like, you know, we're scared, like we're scared to lose our future,、right. but that's not why we're striking. We're、right. striking because we have hope that something can be done,、right. and that's a message that people need to hear,、mm-hmm. right? Like, I feel like we're we're constantly fighting against this thing. We're constantly fighting against this climate disaster that is one day going to happen.、Mm-hmm. That we forget what we're fighting for,、mm-hmm. and that we forget that we're fighting for. You know, a future with a vision. Right.、Um, so much to fight for. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that one of the things that's most important about climate leadership right now is for young people to say, you know, we are the people, we are the faces, we are the individuals that are going to be affected.、Mm-hmm. But instead of sitting around letting this paralyze us, like we're understanding that there is a window of opportunity for us to do something, and we're taking that opportunity because it's the it's the only one we have to、yeah. to save what future we have left. One of the things that really excites me about youth organizing is that young people see the world in such a different way,、um, and I think that we are so much more 
we embrace differences in a way that I think other generations haven't been able to. Um, you know, we're less polarized. We don't look at everything in black or white. You know, mm. we don't look at everything with Republican Democrats. You know, we say, you know, what's important to us, and and we want to expand the table. You know, I think that that's really that's what it is. Is I think for a long time the table has been one type of person or a couple type of people. And I think what we're fighting for, whether you're talking about climate change, whether you're talking about gun violence, is, you know, the people who, the, the causes of these problems are the same. And so mm. in a lot of ways, we have to address them in similar ways. And, and one of the biggest ways to do that is opening up the table and looking around and saying, you know, who's missing? What people right. don't have a seat at the table? And what do we have to do to make sure that they, they are invited and that, right. that they're asked and that they're brought to the table? So that with every conversation, with every every you know, collaboration and project, um, that there is representation from mm. people of all kinds. So that when we're building a future, you know, if we're going to build a future for everyone, we have to have everyone building that future. Just to add on is like with September 20th specifically is, you know, we're really looking at it as September 20th in and of itself is going to be a really powerful day, but we're looking at it as a launch for a new wave of the climate movement. Mm -hmm. And we really have the opportunity in preparation for September 20th to design the infrastructure around what we want that movement to look like mm. and really make sure that the right people are at the table and right. that you know when we talk about climate change you know as much as we say everyone is going to be affected which is true like right. we have to acknowledge that you know frontline communities communities of color low-income communities yep. those are the communities that are going to be most affected mm -hmm. and hit first and worst yep. and so those are the people that need to be at the table and and talking about the solutions so that when it's time to put those in place like we're, we're ready to go so here is how you can get involved in a global climate strike yep it's very simple strikewithus.org it's a map where you can see all the strikes that are happening and if there isn't one happening in your community if you don't see it on the map then you can add a strike that you organize yourself and that's for the united states if you're outside of the united states go to fridaysforfuture.org which has the international map of everyone. Um, but strikewithus.org is the best for in-state, like in the United States. Um, that's going to have your best best details, most updated information. And then Fridays for Future is for international. And you can also follow Zero Hour's social media accounts. So at This Is Zero Hour on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we're posting updates and information uh, for the strike. So that outside of those websites, our social media accounts are going to be where we're posting a lot of information. Commit to join the strike at think100.info and help further the message by taking advantage of the strikers' resources. You can find quick links, ways to participate in strikes near you, hashtags, sample tweets, and Facebook posts, graphics, and additional promotional material. Okay, they have heard our voices, our demands. We've participated in direct action. We've gathered in the streets. So what's next? What can be done to keep the momentum high? Okay, and so then after the strike, after we're all out there and our voices are heard and we make our little stance on September 20th, then what? What's next? Yeah, so everyone is talking about the 2020 election, and that's what we're going to be talking about, too. So getting involved within the 2020 election and even more importantly, just local and state elections, because those people really voice their opinions. So definitely working to you know lobby a lot of our representatives and our legislators towards climate policies. And let's say like what age group you're in, you have kind of like a responsibility. So let's say you're a college student, you can get involved with the divestment movement within your college campus and, you know, help encourage your college campuses to divest from fossil fuel money. But most importantly, educating yourself after the strike, you know, it's one thing, these movements get a lot of attention, but have we really done the job if people aren't like educated and they take away something from these strikes? So definitely like following up with people, making sure they've gotten the message fully like 
taking them and making sure that they're involved within their local organizations. And I mean, I always say start local. It's one thing like that we have all these big green movements and like these big movements with huge following. They're doing like, you know, the big awareness and education movements, but start local and see what problems you have locally. Like, Mm -hmm. um, let's say Ormond Beach, like I'm noticing like not a lot of recycling programs, things like that, that only I can speak on or I can take action on, that's like the biggest impact you can have if you start locally and focus on local problems. On the About page to the Strike With Us website, you can find these thought-provoking words in bold. Quote, we as a global society are at a crossroads. We have a decision to make. Are we going to choose money or power or are we going to choose the future? The September 20th strike is an invitation to everyone who to choose us. Choose the kids, choose humanity, choose the future, end quote. Remember those words. Like what you heard? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit think100.info to learn more about the issues and donate to this project. Also, be sure to follow us at Think 100 Show and at Hip Hop Caucus on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag Think 100. Thanks again and all power to the people. Think 100.